I remember when we were, we just bought our house and we were renovating it. And I took like a straight month of just working in the house. I'm just pulling staples out of the ground and working 12, 14 hours a day trying to redo the house. I was in such a bad mood. So my wife called my best friend at the time, um, my best friend, and said, hey, come over. Um, Chris is in a bad mood. Can you just come cheer him up? He's like, sure. So my friend just surprised me. We started, you know, and within like two minutes, I felt great. I was just like, I could just relax because we were joking around. He was making fun of me, which I needed. I was taking myself way too seriously. You know, if you start to take yourself too seriously, other things become problems. And he kind of poked holes in my ego and just brought me back down to earth and hung out for a couple hours, went home, and I, I was fine. Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I am Chris Rodak, and today we're talking all about how to stay sane. You might be a father, you might be a husband, and all those things can take a toll, not to mention the constant bombardment we get every single day from our cell phones, from the news, from our friends, from coworkers, from our bosses. So many mixed signals go in our brain. It's hard to stay focused on one thing. It's hard to stay focused on a task at hand. It's hard to stay present when you're with your family, your friends. It's hard to stay focused on a certain project that you want to complete. So I'm going to take you through some things that I do to help me. Now remember, I'm not the expert here. I'm telling you things that I do that I found to help me. And I'm sure you do many other things that help you get through the day, help you stay focused. And I'd love to hear about them. Shoot me an email, send me a message, put them in the comments. I want to know what you guys do. We can help each other stay sane and get more accomplished. So many times we are with our families and we have other things on our brain. And for me, that is the worst thing. I hate it when I'm taking a walk with my daughter and I'm thinking of something else. It happens. You know, that's a lot of people say meditation helps. I don't meditate. Um, I want to, but I don't. But Sometimes I'm taking a walk with my daughter, and she loves to walk around her neighborhood. And I want to be present in the moment. Sometimes, if I have other things in my mind, it's hard to get those things out of my mind and focus on just on her. Because she won't be there at some point. You know, she's going to get older. She's six now. You know, she'll turn 18, go to college, maybe move out, get married. And when she does that, I'm going to look back on those walks and I'm going to want to remember myself being there with her. I'm not going to want to remember myself thinking about other things. I want to remember what we talked about. I want to be looking at her, focused on her, not just with my eyes, but with my brain. I want to be thinking about our time together. And it's hard to do when you have a million other thoughts running through your head of, Things you have to get done, problems at work, something the boss said to you, text messages, text messages going off, you know, on your wrist or from your phone and all these things, or just anxiety or stress from the day. You know, a lot of times we build up things in our own head that create problems that aren't really there. So I do certain, when that happens to me, because it does happen to me, I'm not perfect, 
um, there are things that I can do to get myself back on track most of the time. You know, um, there are some times where I can't get myself back on track. So, but most of the time, if I do this certain set of things, I can get myself back on track in the moment, focused and present. And I think it's important that as we get older, we start to know ourselves more. You know, I'm 35. I, by this point in my life, I should know what makes me tick. It's going to change whenever I'm 50. I'm going to be very different than I am right now. But right now as a 35-year-old, I know that if I do a set and sort of things, I will feel this way and I can do these things. I'm at the age where I should know that about myself. As we get older, we have to you write down if we have to, but we have to get to know ourselves at a point where we know what makes us tick and we know what can point us in the right direction if we start to veer off. You know, we need to get wiser, more mature as we get older and know ourselves. If every day you wake up guessing what the day is going to be like, guessing how you're going to react, guessing what your schedule is going to be, not really knowing what the world is going to do to you, then that's a really chaotic place to live. Now, you need to wake up in the day knowing that, hey, I drink water as soon as I wake up, and then I have to jump on the treadmill, and then I have to go say this to my kids, say this to my wife, and then I need to go run, and then I need to write something. You have to know what makes you feel good and productive and what turns you off and what makes you chaotic and anxious and stressful. It's you. If you don't, you've got to start writing these things down and saying, I do my best at noon if I do this at 11 o'clock. You know, I'm, I'm more present and happy at dinner time with my family if I did all these things before because that is who I am. You, I sleep better if I've done these things ahead of time. So the more you know yourself, the better you can optimize for who you are as a person. Now, like I said, I'm going to tell you things that work for me. These things might not work for you. What can happen to us is you're, we're all on social media so much, YouTube and other things. We listen to podcasts. You know, you listen to an expert. You listen to someone you admire. And then sometimes we adopt 100% of what they do. You know, and that thing works for them. And the reason you're hearing about them is because they're popular. So, you know, thousands of people end up doing what works for one person. That's why knowing yourself is so important. That's why writing down, hey, I felt good today. What did I do today? Oh, I journaled in the morning. I felt good. You know, I, I drank water as soon as I woke up. I felt good. I got a good night's sleep. I got this pillow. Feels good. You know, even though, you know, Jocko Willink likes this pillow, I'm going to use this other pillow because it works for me. Now, that doesn't mean don't take any advice from people because there's a lot of people I take advice from that I admire. You know, I respect them. I look up to them. I say they're doing a great job with their life. Let me try some things that they do and see if they work for me. They might not. They might. I take what works and I discard what doesn't. You know, take motivation wherever you can get. So when you hear the things that I do, you know, take them with a grain of salt. They might work for you. They might not. They're also pretty common sense things. Um, that you could implement or you're probably already doing. So the first one is one that I'm sure many of us do, most of us do, and that's just exercise. For me, nothing else on my list matters if I'm not exercising. If I have not put in a good workout that day, 
then I know that I'm going to be stressed and anxious. I just know it. Even on vacation, even if I'm at a five-star resort, um, you know, I went to, my honeymoon was at Sandals in Jamaica, and I tried to make myself not work out, and it just made me more anxious. So I had to go to the gym. Even though I was like, oh, I'm on my honeymoon. I shouldn't be working out. I should just be drinking and floating in the pool, which I did a lot of the day. On my, on my afternoon um, buzzed flo uh, pool floats with a, a pina colada was my drink of choice. But I knew that if I didn't get some type of workout, and even if it's just running in the sand really quick for a sprint for 10 minutes, that anxiety would build up. It needs to be released somehow. You know, because if you don't release it physically, it might come out verbally to someone that you, want, that you don't want to do that to. So you want to try to avoid that. For me, I have to work out, you know, almost every single day, whether I'm doing something, whether I'm doing jujitsu or a leg workout or some other upper body workout, I have to work out or I will get stressed, I will get anxious, and I will make problems of things that are not problems. So many times I have built things up in my head that shouldn't have been an issue and then I did a really hard workout and I was literally a different person after the workout. You look back on your previous self just an hour earlier and you're like, who was that guy? That's not even me right now. I am a different person than I was an hour ago. New thoughts are coming to me. I can see new solutions to problems because I did a workout. You know, it physically does things to you. And don't just take my word for it. There's something really cool I found. I was looking for a medical, I was doing some research for a blog on my, on risingfather.com. And I searched in Google, I searched Google Medical Journals, because I wanted to cite some sources. And apparently there's this thing called scholars.google. And it's a whole thing by Google where they have, um, you know, according to Google, medical journals and vetted resources. You know, everyone has their own opinions on Google and all these other sources of what vetted means. But they have medical journals. So I looked up one for physical activity and mental health. This is from, it says Science Direct. You know, there's um, all kind of cited studies in here. This is from scholar.google. And it says, physical activity is an important health tool used in the treatment and prevention of various physical diseases, as well as in the treatment of some psychiatric diseases, such as depressive and anxiety disorders. It also says, however, studies have been shown that in addition to its beneficial effects, physical activity can also be associated with impaired mental health being related to disturbances like excessive exercise and overtraining syndrome. So I, I would assume that that would be a lesser amount of people who are overtraining to the point where they are having mental disturbance, but that's what it says here. It says, although the number of reports on the effects of physical activity on mental health is steadily increasing, these studies have not yet identified the mechanisms involved in the benefits and dangers to mental health associated with exercise. So big article here, and there's many articles. Um, um, this one says, it has been known for many years that regular physical activity brings benefits to individuals with depressive and anxiety symptoms, and they have about 10 different cited studies right in there. So don't just take my word for it. Take Google's or ScienceDirect. So yeah, exercise every day. For me, it's jujitsu. For me, it's um, I've been doing high-intensity HIIT training. There's this guy on YouTube called Jay Vincent. He does a lot of that. He advocates it. Um, Strength Camp, super popular YouTube channel. He's been adopting this 
It's like a one upper body workout a week system, which for me is completely new because I never did it. But what it is, and you can YouTube it. Like I said, I'm not the expert. I've been doing it for a month. Full disclaimer. But my understanding of it is that you work your muscle group to absolute failure. So before I did kind of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, method of training. I'm just trying this out for a couple months, see how it goes, where I would do chest on Monday, back on Tuesday, shoulders on Wednesday, buys and tries, legs, that kind of thing. And you're at the gym an hour and a half, two hours, you know, five, six days a week, maybe take one rest day. What this is saying is that you work your upper body one day a week to absolute failure to the point where you can't, if you're bench pressing, you can't even lift the bar off your chest and you need someone else to lift it up. And then so they call it getting the negatives. So you just let the bar fall. You can't even lift it up and they lift it up again. You get the negatives. So I'm doing it. So what it looks like for me, and you can YouTube this, like I said, Jay Vincent, Mike Menser, I believe his name is. He's the old school bodybuilder who has a lot of YouTube videos on this. He's kind of the um, original guy. Is I will do a chest press machine in slow motion, you're supposed to do it like 60 to 90 seconds and never let your arms lock out. So you just kind of go down and you never have a second, an instantaneous moment of an instantaneous moment of rest in between any of the reps. So you're just in constant physical strain for 60 to 90 seconds. So you do one set of chest and then you're done for the week. Then you do one set of back and you're done for the week with back. And then you do, you're supposed to alternate pushing and pulling motions. And you're only at the gym for like 45 minutes. But you do that to the point where you can barely move. You know, I, I do one set and then I'll quickly do another light set that where I can, you know, if I don't, because for me, I don't work out with someone to help me get the negatives. So I'll do one set, 90 seconds. And then I'll quickly put on some really lightweight and I'll do that until I can do nothing. So I kind of do like two sets of each, but I'm still only in the gym for 45 minutes, but one exercise, you know, I I do a chest press machine and then I'm done. And I love it because I'm doing upper body once a week. I've been doing it for a month and I am sore for the same amount of time with each muscle group as I was doing the other, um, doing the other routine. And I'm trying this out because it seems like you can get injured less and from what I'm reading can be just as effective. And like you probably know, if you've been following me, I'm still recovering from shoulder surgery. It's not going as going to plan. It's overhealing. So I have an abundance of scar tissue that's um, restricting my motion. So I'm looking for something that won't screw my shoulder up anymore. And so far over the past month, what I've noticed is just anecdotal. I was at the pool with my kids. My son's 80 pounds. And he wanted me to lift him up and throw him. I did it to my daughter. He said, Dad, do it to me. And I haven't been able to do this for a year because of my shoulder. I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I picked him up, and I was able to just lift him over my head up and down three times. And I haven't been able to do that for over a year because of my shoulder. And before I started this once-a-week upper body training, when I had about a month and a half of doing the, you know, the Arnold style. I couldn't do it either. Probably two months. Anecdotal, but I feel good. I feel really good. And um, I'm going to do it for about three to four months, see what happens. I want muscle growth. I want to get stronger, and I don't want to injure myself. 
I'm doing that for my upper body. For my lower body, I'm doing the Knees Over Toes Guys program. So they're not a sponsor. Um, but I've been doing that for uh, about two months now. Before my surgery, I did it for a full six months, and was my legs felt amazing, better than they have in years. I was jumping higher than I had in like 10 years. And then I got surgery, and I had to lay down. I was in a cast on meds and all that kind of stuff. So I stopped, but I started it back up, and once again, my legs feel great. So I'm not doing any heavy squats or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just doing mostly body weight exercises, but with the knees over the toes and doing his program. So kind of went on a tangent about my workout routine, but that's what I do. Okay, and then I also do jujitsu. So back to things that help keep me sane. Working out keeps me sane. So that brings me to my second thing, and that is jujitsu talked about it a lot. I'll talk about it some more. Doing jujitsu is the number one, one of the, maybe number two, mental health thing for me. It's kind of in there with working out because it is extremely physical. I remember I couldn't do jujitsu for six months after my surgery. And my first time back, I felt like a new person. I really did. I had one, my first, you know, session rolling with people. I was sweating my butt off. And then I remember I posted about this. I said, I feel like I'm a different person than I have been the last six months. My head was clear. I got all this pent-up anxiety out of me on the mat in the form of sweat, in the form of people trying to choke me and me for you know six minutes straight using just a using my muscle and brain, you know, thinking. It's kind of like a chess match. So you just every aspect of your being when you're doing martial arts is just focused on that one thing in front of you. And it's not just physical. You're thinking, you know, this guy knows me. He's he's rolled with me a lot. He's expecting me to do this. Maybe I can fake this move and do a different move. Or maybe I'll try to do the same move a little bit better. So you're using your brain. And at the same time, you also have to use your physicality, your body. You know, there's times when you've got a really big guy on top of you and you're trying to scoot out, you're trying to frame and if some, you know, you shouldn't be bench pressing people, but you have to use your muscle. I'm, I am never more exerted and sweaty than after jujitsu, especially if it's a little bit hot. It's been hot as hell here in Pittsburgh. So in terms of things that get me to be stress-free, sane, clear my head, jujitsu is way up there. Like I said, I had I was off for six to eight months. I came back, clear head. If I'm having a bad day and you know things aren't going how I want them to, sometimes I'll, I'll say, hey, is there an extra jiu-jitsu class I can go to? And I'll try to go to that one. And then everything's okay. You do it because you're just exerting yourself so physically. You feel like you're accomplishing something. You're getting closer to a goal. You know, My goal is someday to be a black belt, but I want to deserve it. You know, I want to I want to work my butt off, get really good, learn lots of technique, really earn it, do a tournament someday. Um, but that's a goal. So you felt got closer to your goal, and you left a ton of sweat and effort on the mat. So after you do all that, yeah, you feel good. So if you're not involved in any type of martial arts, I would say go for it. it doesn't have to be jujitsu. It can be boxing. You know, boxing is tough as hell. Hitting the bag. I remember. When I used to do boxing work, like heavy bag workouts, man, I got tired so quickly. Hitting the bag with all that force is kind of like running on sand. You just, 
it takes a lot out of you. It's a whole different thing than jujitsu. You know, jujitsu is kind of like a slow push nonstop. It's kind of like that high intensity training, that slow motion working out. You know, it's it's being on someone's back in a choking motion and they're pushing their, your arm away and you're trying to pull forward, be speeding in a constant flex for like two minutes straight maybe. Or for me, I, I like to go to the north-south. It's whenever I'm laying on top of someone head-to-head. And that choke can take a couple minutes to sink in sometimes if you got someone squirmy. And they're trying to get out and you're just on top, you know, using your body to keep their weight down. you got this full-grown man trying to push and squirm and... It's just nonstop. So it can be five, six, ten minutes of just constant strain. And it gets the anxiety out, gets the stress out. And whenever I'm with my family after that, it lets me be present, be in the moment a lot more. So I can't recommend jujitsu enough. I've been doing this more recently, but this thing has been really organizing my thoughts well. And that's just journaling, writing down what I'm thinking about, it could be any any topic. It doesn't have to be business-related or family-related. It's just writing down, sometimes randomly, the thoughts that are in my head. And what it happens is that you've got a blank sheet of paper and you've got a bunch of words flying around your head. You just start to write them down. You know, and those become full sentences, become paragraphs. And then, you know, throughout like a week, Maybe you've had a lot of recurring thoughts of a certain subject, but they never really made sense. And then once you take some time and journal and write these things down, you know, maybe you fill up a full page of this one thought. Now you have a whole narrative. And now you can see what you've been thinking about. You know, before you just had these random thoughts, fragments of sentences, words, pictures, memories. But when you take the time to sit down and journal, all those things can come together and make sense into like a story. And then you have that, and you can read it, you can come back to it and say, huh. And then after you write it down, a lot of times the thoughts leave your head, you know, because you took the time to write those things down. And then since they're on paper, they're allowed to leave your brain. It's like your brain knows, hey, you just took care of this problem. You just solved it. You just acknowledged it. It's here if we need to reference again. Let's move on to the next thing. And whenever you have, you know, 10 different things you're juggling and you take the time to write it down you know it for me I, I i do it either when people go to sleep or i do it in the morning um or honestly in the middle of the day if i'm driving i do um, i pull up my google drive the doc and i do voice typing right into it and i'll quickly fill up a whole page of stuff and then i can move on to the next task without those thoughts in my head like i'll be going throughout the day and I'll think, oh, I should do this for the blog or, you know, I should I should make a post about this or a guy asked me about this question. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'll be driving and uh, my wife will call me or something will happen at work. And I'll move on to the next thing physically. But the back of my head is still working on that problem. And until I write it down, it's always getting jumbled up and trying to come out. So until for me, until I write these things down, and deal with them in some way, they're always trying to come out. You know, my body, my subconscious, my brain wants me to deal with these things, and I have to write them down to make sense of the day and move on to the next thing. Something I've realized about myself. You know, like I said, these things may work for you, they may not. Physical activity works for me. Jiu-jitsu works for me. Journaling, I'm coming to realize, 
really, really works for me. It also helps me track my mental state throughout the week, throughout the day. Say, hey, this, you know, this thing I wrote down Monday morning seems a little negative. What did I do before and after it? Did I work out before? Did I get a bad night's sleep? You know, what did I do before and after this to create the mindset of what this is? And you can kind of continue to optimize yourself, continue to work on yourself in that way. So it doesn't have to be something super strict like a written out journal. For me, I, I like voice typing. I like just talking into it. I also like real typing. Um, but for me, I do it all on just on a Google Doc where I can continue, continually update it. I've looked for other apps, but to be honest, I don't like searching for the apps and I don't like logging in and all the other stuff that comes with most apps. For me, just going on a Google Drive and pulling up the document is a lot easier. Um, in terms of like a physical journal to write in, I would like that, but writing takes too long. Like my thoughts are moving faster than my hand can write. I wish I could keep a journal with writing, but by the time I get done writing one sentence, I feel like I've lost a lot of the things I want to say. So that's why voice typing is really good because it tracks, you know, I can keep track of my thoughts at the speed I'm thinking of them. So if you haven't tried journaling, just give it a shot. It's not a big deal. It's not like a diary. Don't worry. You know, just, just write something down on a Google Doc, on notes on your phone, even write it down on paper, whatever works for you. And, you know, that's fine. If you, if you do have a good journaling app, I'd love to know about it. And I'd love to share it with people. So, you know, send me a message or put it in the comments because I, I would love to know what you guys are using. So journaling, love it. I've been doing it especially the last couple months. And I feel like it's really helps keep my thoughts organized and in the same in the same uh, direction. Going along with writing things down is having a schedule. Now I don't have, um, you know, every 30 minutes of my day written out. Some people do. To me, that's a little too neurotic. Like that would stress me out. Having every single 15 minutes. We're the kind of family where if we go on vacation, we don't have a schedule. We like to have a place to stay, and we the rest of the week is just up in the air. Like we go, we'll drive into a town, see what's happening. Oh, there's a festival going on right here. We'll, we'll do that. Ooh, that's a good restaurant. We'll go here. I hate having to schedule on vacation. In terms of my daily routine, I do have a schedule, but not every single 15 minutes. So I know that I want to work out before I go to cryotherapy or do jujitsu before I go to cryotherapy so I can get the benefits of that. Because for me, I'll, I'll do a shoulder workout, try to rehab my shoulder. I'll move it around to the point. You know, I'll exercise it to the point where I can I can barely move it. And I'll go into cryo, and then it's like I never even uh, worked out. Like all the inflammation's gone, the swelling's gone. I can move it around like it's perfectly normal. So that is one thing I have had tremendous benefit from is doing cryotherapy for my recovery and shoulder, shoulder recovery and just feeling good. Um, but, you know, whenever you have certain things that have to be done at a certain time, like work, like kid stuff, wife stuff, cryotherapy, jiu-jitsu, those things, you have to work around them. Um, but knowing what I have to do that day really takes some of the noise out of my head and lets me be more present with my wife, with my kids, because it's already written down. Same thing with journaling. When it's written down, once you know what you have to do, it doesn't bounce around your head anymore. Like if tomorrow I know I need to finish this blog post, 
um, for the website. I know I need to contact these people who are reaching out to me. They wanted to be on the podcast, right? Blah, blah, blah. As long as I get those things written down that I have to do them tomorrow and I wake up tomorrow knowing, you know, kind of a general idea of when I have to do them, then I'm good to go. It helps me sleep better because if I don't, then it's all kind of unsolved. It's like an unsolved problem in my head that stops me from going to sleep. You know, I'm just kind of up at night trying to go to bed, but I know these problems are unresolved. So it really messes with me if I don't write down what I have to do the next day. Like I said, works for me. You may not have the problem, and that's fine. Um, but I have to know what I'm doing the next day. And that morning I wake up, I see, oh, get these things done. You know, most of them are things that I enjoy doing. Some of them I don't enjoy doing, and that's fine. Still do them anyway. But knowing what I have to do, writing them down, definitely helps clear some of the noise in my head. Another thing that clears the head, helps me sleep at night, helps me stay sane, less anxious, is knowing my bills are covered. So if I am worried about making a mortgage payment or if I'm worried about, you know, hey, I'm going to go to the store, I need to get these groceries, I hope my debit card doesn't get declined. If I'm in that kind of zone, which I was at one point, then it's really hard to think about anything else. It's hard to go on a walk with my daughter or son you know, build a puzzle, play Legos with them, and be present with them if in the back of my head I know this problem is unsolved. You know, I am on the brink of financial ruin or I'm paycheck to paycheck. If I'm in that zone, nothing else really can happen until I fix that. That's how I am. You know, I, I know, and I've I've been there in the past. I've been in that spot where I was I didn't know if my card would go through. I didn't know if we could afford this. You know, we've had layoffs in the past and other things happened to us where we were not in the situation we are now. You know, luckily we invested and learned various online business skills to get us ahead, but not everyone's in that position. And that can really take a toll on your mental health when you're constantly when you constantly in the back of your head don't know if you'll be able to make the next month's bills. It's hard to sleep at night. And then when you can't sleep at night, you definitely are going to have a bad day. So solving that for me was a huge step in improving my own mental health and being clear-headed throughout the day. It was, you know, Besides providing a good life for my family and for me freeing up my time to do the things I wanted, there's also just that getting rid of that baggage. You know, whenever I paid off my student loans, it was like, oh. I don't have that baggage on me anymore. That's in the past. It's something that's I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to th worry about the expiration date on my card, you know, whether that payment's going to go through or whether the bank's going to contact me or blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff, when it's out of your head, you can think about other things. And it's just like your vision gets clearer. You can worry about, you can worry about other parts of your life. And put your attention and energy and invest in other parts of your life. So obviously that's a very sticky situation for a lot of people. Some people are maxed out. Some people have no time to take on extra work. And, you know, they're stuck in multiple hourly jobs that are taking up all of their time. And that for me, that's like SOS. It's like, man, you got to solve something. you got to figure out something right now. And like I said, we were in that position. We had lots of credit card debt. We, um, my time was maxed out at work. 
you know, I was missing time at home with a newborn and with my wife and not getting compensated for extra work I was doing. And for me, I did everything I could to get out of that situation and make meaningful income on the side to where I could free up my time. I could not worry about the, you know, the mortgage payment, the student loans, the, the bills. We could go to the grocery store and not have to worry about whether the card would go through. It took a whole load off my head. So, you know, that's not always the most comfortable thing to talk about because people get very defensive when you talk about finances. You know, it's because it's very personal. Um, goes into like, you know, class and it goes into decisions you make. And some people are, you know, you, people get defensive because it's a personal subject. And that's just all it is. I uh, you know we're not multimillionaires at all, but, you know, we've made different decisions that let us be a little more free with what we can do and it was intentional we decided to do those things and you know we decided to invest in ourselves so that we could do the things we wanted to do and i would say that if you're in that situation and you are stuck try to find some things you can do that take less time but bring more income and a lot of the times those things are going to be things you do on social media things you do on a laptop things that you that leverage the internet the thing about leveraging the internet, what that means is you're using the potential power of the internet to your advantage. The potential power of the internet is virality, meaning something to go viral. You know, if you have, if you're on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, there's people that do posts that direct people to like an affiliate offer or some type of offer that go viral um, and they make thousands of dollars or they build a blog about something they're interested in. And after a couple of years, it's getting thousands of hits a month and they're making ad revenue. You know, a lot of those things don't take a lot of daily time, but they have huge potential. So that stuff is out there. And if you're someone who's struggling, you know, look for those resources. So sleeping at night, all these things have to happen so you can sleep at night. This is, you know, maybe I've been saying everything is number one. Maybe sleep is number one. I think if you've ever watched uh, Matthew Walker on YouTube or looked him up, he has so many awesome resources about how to sleep better. Because basically, if you're not sleeping, your body and brain just shut down. You can't do anything. You know, your ability to sleep dictates, dictates a lot of what you can do throughout the day. And I wish I was better at this. I've, I've been, you know, we just bought a new mattress. Um, I just bought a new pillow. I've been doing certain things to help myself sleep better. I bought, you know, some a nice little cushion thing I put over my eyes to make it darker in the room. I've been trying to do white noise, trying to wake up to music I like. So right now I'm in the process of trying to optimize my sleep more because just like working out, just like jujitsu, I know that when I get a really great night's sleep, I feel like I'm a different person the next day. You know, I, I feel like I can make better decisions and I'm more creative and I can do better things if I sleep better. So optimizing for that, extremely important. For me, it's getting a good mattress. That's an investment I think is worth it. Um, it's getting a good pillow. For me, investment that's worth it. And it's learning what to do before and after sleep. You know, I know some people have like red lights in their house. And I'm, I'm, I don't go that intense. But... I know that, you know, journaling at a certain journaling before I go to bed is good for my sleep. 
because it kind of shuts my brain off. It's like, oh, you took care of those things. Setting my schedule for the next day is good for my sleep because, once again, it shuts my brain down. Laying in bed and not looking at my phone is good for my sleep because it doesn't introduce new thoughts to my head. After I journal, after I um, set my schedule, I like my brain to be focused on going to sleep, not introducing new things to do. So getting good sleep is a way to have a clear head the next day. Really at the start of um, 2020, I think it was 2019 or 2020, two or three years, I can't remember, I built a sauna in my backyard just from YouTube. I just YouTubed how to do it. I looked up some, you know, 10 different plans online on YouTube, and I just combined them all to build my own sauna. It was pretty nice. I have a video on my channel where you can look to see how I built it. Every single step, I shared it so that people can learn and build their own. Got an electrician to install a heater. Um, so it's a really nice finished style sauna in my backyard. And we use it just about every single day. And that, just like working out, helps take the stress out, helps me feel really good, and have a clear head and be sane. I also installed a uh, like a... a amber, yellowish, orangish light in there to kind of mimic the sun. And especially here in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, the winters I feel like last forever. They never end. It's just gray, cold, and wet for like six straight months, it feels like. And in the middle of all that, like in February, if I can go into the sauna, into this the yellow light, and it's 160, 180 degrees, man, it feels great. It really does something to your brain. You feel like you're in the sun. You feel like you're on the beach on a hot day. So sauna use is amazing for me now yeah most people don't have a sauna in their backyard or in their house i know you can get infrared saunas mine is a regular electric heater um, i'm not an expert on the benefits and pros and cons of both i like the finished style you can put infrared saunas in your house i know costco sells some on their website that can like basically fit in a corner of any room um, and that's also out of the budget for most people so a lot of gyms, like YMCA's, a lot of gyms you can join have saunas in them. And if you've never been in one because they creep you out, I'd say, hey, try it. I used to, We used to go to the YMCA before I built my sauna. And, yeah, you're going to meet some characters in there. You're going to see some things you don't want to see. But guess what? It's going to feel really good. You're going to feel great when you leave. So try the sauna if you've never done it. The other thing I, I mentioned I do is cryotherapy. We've got a place near our house. We're just kind of lucky to be in a place that has a lot of these different things. And they do all sorts of regenerative um, treatments. Cryotherapy is one of them. It's pretty cheap, too. It's only like 40 bucks a month. You can go as many times as you want throughout the month. And for me, it's really, really worth it. It's up there with like jujitsu, working out, sauna. I go probably right now I'm going three to four times a week. And I try to go after jujitsu, after I work out, for the healing benefits for my arm. It reduces inflammation and swelling. But also for the mental benefits because it really taxes your body. It makes you focus in on yourself. Like I focus on my breathing. I make sure I'm um, feeling calm and I can breathe well in there. And because your body goes into that sort of fight mentality, flight or flight, flight or fight. And you're only focusing on that. So once you leave cryotherapy... For me, I have a really clear head and I feel great. The real th great thing to do is to go to cryotherapy and set the sauna. So I go to cryotherapy, drive to my house and jump in the sauna. And my skin is still cold from cryo and it just warms up and it feels amazing. So all these things, great for my mental health, great for staying sane.
great for whenever a coworker says something that annoys me, just ignoring it because whatever, it doesn't matter. Whenever you don't have these things that help you throughout the day, these little pick-me-ups, little problems can start to snowball into big problems. That's why I try to do so many. That's why I try to know myself and know what works, what's good for me. You know, what makes me feel good? If I do this, um, I'm less likely to snap at someone. If I do these things before bedtime, I'm more likely to be present in the moment with my family at dinner, at bedtime, reading a story, all that kind of stuff. Another thing I love to do to reset myself mentally is taking walks in nature. I'm sure many of you do this. You know, you're, you, need to, you need some time to yourself. You need to just clear your head, clear your thoughts, take in what's around you, only focus on one thing, so you go out to the woods. If you're lucky enough to live by a big park like we are, you can have your, have your pick of many different trails and find some solitude in the woods. It is so relaxing and refreshing to get out there and just take a walk by yourself. You know, and you just listen to what's around you, you take in what's around you, and it does something magical to you. You know, you're, you're breathing in the fresh air, you're listening to the noises, and you just, your body just kind of resets, your brain just resets. And you start to think about things that matter, things that don't matter as much kind of float away and you just sit down. It doesn't have to be a big exercise thing, but just sit in trees and in nature and you just feel good. You know, and if you're just, if you're a city guy or you're not around that kind of stuff, try to get yourself. I think it's good for you. Get out in the sun, get out in nature, get out in the trees, get near some water, got to get by the earth and it just kind of resets you. Resets me. That's something that works for me, definitely. The last thing I'm going to talk about, the last thing that helps me, that does a huge number on my psyche, is having friends. Now, every time I talk about this with guys, I would say 90% of guys say that they have no friends, which is really sad and depressing. Because having friends lifts your mood instantaneously. You know, it's you have kids, you have wife, you have family, and they're a huge, massive part of your life, but you also need other things. You know, you're a, a, if you want to be a full, well-balanced person, um, you want to introduce new ideas to your family and model being a social, outgoing person, it's good to have friends. We went on vacation with some friends, and my son had so much fun hanging out with me and my guy friends. Now he says, hey, Dad, when are we getting together with the boys? It's like, that's awesome, man. And it helped Nathan learn social skills going back and forth with these fully grown men. And he was able to just kind of sit back and watch me have fun laughing with my friends. So, you know, that's benefit for him. But besides that, in terms of mentally resetting yourself, you know, there's been times when I remember when we were we just bought our house and we were renovating it and I took like a straight month of just working in the house. I'm just pulling staples out of the ground and working 12, 14 hours a day trying to redo the house. That's such a bad mood. So my wife called my best friend at the time, um, my best friend, and said, hey, come over. Um, Chris is in a bad mood. Can you just come cheer him up? He's like, sure. So my friend just surprised me. We started, you know, and within like two minutes, I felt great. I was just like, ugh. I could just relax because we were joking around. He was making fun of me, which I needed. I was taking myself way too seriously. You know, if you start to take yourself too seriously, other things become problems. 
and he kind of poked holes in my ego and just brought me back down to earth and hung out for a couple hours, went home and I, I was fine, you know, um, going on, going on little trips. You know, I, I joined a golf league about five years ago. We go on golf outings, overnight golf outings. And every week at Wednesday night, we've got golf league. I get to hang out with just guys smoking cigars, drinking and, and playing golf. So that is extremely healthy for my brain. Not always healthy for my body, but I'll take it. Um, getting to talk shit with guys and just mess around and talk about things you can't talk about at work or at home and be that part of you. You know, you get to express part of you that's kind of held in sometimes. That's why I love jujitsu. That's why I love golf league. Why I love hanging out with just my guy friends when I can. Um, and there's a huge percentage of the population who never gets to experience that. And I think that's why a lot of guys are struggling because they don't have any friends. And those guys are missing out on a massive part of their mental health because they can't offload the stresses of life onto these guys and they can't express a huge part of who they are to some close friends. So if you're someone who has no friends, which is many guys out there, join a golf league, join the Masons, join a club, join an organization, join a jiu-jitsu gym, join a boxing gym, make some friends. Some of my best new friends I'm, I'm making are from the jiu-jitsu gym that I go to. You know, Join organizations and places that are full of great people. Maybe that's a church. you know. But having friends, for me, is huge for my mental health, keeping me sane, keeping me on track, and being a better husband, being a better father. I love my family more when I spend time with my friends because I'm happier, because it resets me, because you need people to make fun of you and to poke holes in your ego, bring you back down to earth, um, and to share part of your life with, to express yourself, express your personality. And that's what friends do for me. If you are someone who struggles with that, then like I said, try to find some because it's really, really important to you and to your family that you have some friends. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. Um, those are things that I know about myself. You know, I write down things that I know about myself because it helps me. Like I said at the beginning, I think it's important for us to know ourselves, especially the older we get. You know, at some point we have no excuse not to know what makes us tick. So we should, like me, I'm 35. I should know what makes me tick at this age. What's going to put me in a good mood? What's going to put me in a bad mood? What do I have to do to be successful at certain things? And the more I know myself, the better I know myself, the more efficient I can be with my actions and time, and the more time I can spend on things that are meaningful to me. So try to know yourself as much as you can, then write them down. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. And like I said, I would love to know what works for you guys, what helps keep you sane, what helps keep your brain clear, keeps you present. Send me a message, send me an email, um, put it in the comments, put it in our groups, our social media that we're at, we have, because I'd love to hear what works for you guys, and I'll try some of them. All right, thank you so much. Please like it, please share, please subscribe to the Rising Father channel, and this will be out very soon, and I'll see you guys next week.